0: come to order if members can take their seats. This budget is a huge job maker and the number one solution
1: to economic insecurity is a job.
0: Hungry children can't learn and it's our responsibility to try to help.
1: Equality and opportunity. I believe most people are here because they want to do some good. Thanks for finding Capital Ideas. This is the podcast where members of the Majority Democratic Caucus in the Washington State House of Representatives sit down at the Capitol and talk about ideas. It's Thursday, March 12th, and it's the final day of the 2020 legislative session, and that's not what today's show is about. We'll do a special episode with Speaker Laurie Jenkins to wrap up the session soon, but when we're posting this, the session hasn't formally concluded. You never know what might happen in the last few hours, so today we're going to talk with one of the newest members of the House, Davina Dewar of Bothell. Representative Dewar was appointed to the State House last summer, and she has exactly one legislative session under her belt. Stay tuned to get her take on being a new lawmaker, learning how to navigate this branch of government, and the sensation of hitting the ground running. We talked here at the Capitol earlier this week, and here's how that went. Welcome to Capital Ideas, Representative Davina Doerr of the 1st District. I appreciate you being here on Capital Ideas. Thank you for having me. You're one of the newer members of the State House of Representatives. You were appointed to fill a seat for a representative who was appointed to fill a seat for a retiring senator in your district. We're two days away from the end of your first session as a state lawmaker. How's it been?
0: It's been a wild ride. I didn't know what to expect coming in. I didn't uh, anticipate the pace of things, but I've actually really enjoyed the pace of things. I I like fast-moving work. I'm never bored. There's so much going on with constituent meetings and uh, working your bills and uh, amending your bills. Yeah, it's been really fun, actually
1: new members of the legislature go through an orientation i assume that since you were appointed in july and the session didn't start till january you had an opportunity to go through that new member orientation is that correct i
0: did but i think i took a. they took a two-day orientation and
1: condensed it down to two hours (laughs) so there's still things you're figuring out on a day-to-day basis i suppose absolutely Absolutely. From what I hear there will be in 10 years, you'll still be figuring things out on a day-to-day basis because it's that kind of place.
0: Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed. Um, if you're someone who's curious about the world, you can learn as much as you want about as many different topics as you want. And you can go as, as deep or as uh, you know shallow as, as you'd like on uh, certain topics. And that's just fascinating.
1: Before you were representative Davina Doer of the 1st District, you were council member Davina Dewar of, of Bothell, and you still are. So you're kind of doing two jobs. But in addition to that, you've also got some sort of private life in which you have an occupation. What do you do?
0: I'm an architect, actually, um, for a firm in Bellevue, and we do tenant improvements for commercial
1: buildings, What does that mean? What kind of architecture do you do? I know that uh, there are various specialties, and there are people that only do 70-story skyscrapers, and other people that only do, I don't know, trailers.
0: (laughs) Tenant improvements is mainly interiors in business parks or retail establishments, and it's a lot of reconfiguring spaces for different needs. Companies expanding, companies contracting, new tenants moving in. So those sort of, I don't, reuse of buildings.
1: So how do you have time to do all of this?
0: I'm very fortunate. I was working part-time anyway, so that's helped. And my company's been very gracious in allowing me to work remotely during the sessions.
1: Interestingly, one of your bills this session, House Bill 2405, in a way dovetails with what kind of architecture you do. The technical term says it concerns commercial property assessed, clean energy, and resilience. Sometimes the bill titles don't really tell us very much, and so let me get you to tell me a little bit about what that bill would do.
0: This bill actually is a great bill for me because it touches on everything that I care about the most. It touches on the environment and that it is a program that provides low-cost loans for building infrastructure improvements that include things such as energy efficiency, Uh, water conservation, and then also touches on public safety. There are a thousand buildings in Seattle that are on reinforced masonry that pose a significant uh, public safety risk in the event of an earthquake. And so as someone who's served on a city council, public safety is something that I think about and worry about. So this bill touches on that. It also touches on um, allowing lead pipe replacement in buildings. And, of course, architecture. So it kind of touches everything I care about. And economic development, because obviously building infrastructure improvements provide
1: for jobs. Is this a statewide program? This might be reinvigorating a building in Pullman or Spokane or Walla Walla.
0: Potentially. The way it's set up is that Commerce could do a statewide program or individual counties can um, create their own programs. I think that's the most likely route for this to take. Uh, I know King County is probably the most interested currently. The city of Seattle's very interested in getting some of those unreinforced masonry buildings fitted out before the next earthquake hits. And even in um, my little town of Bothell, there are 40 unreinforced masonry buildings. So it's not just a big city problem.
1: And what is the status of this bill now? What is the status of House Bill 2405? Have you gotten it to the finish line?
0: Well, it passed the House, it passed the Senate, came back to the House, and we concurred. So the next step is uh, the governor's desk. It's nearly to the finish line.
1: It must be a pretty exciting moment for a lawmaker to have her first bill signed into law.
0: It sure is. I'm really thankful. There were a lot of stakeholders involved that, that helped push it over the finish line. It took a lot of negotiation and dedication, and I had a lot of help from fellow members in the House. And so it's it's really not just my bill. There are many hands in this pie.
1: That's the way it usually is, mm-hmm. but I still want to tell you congratulations.
0: Thanks. It means a lot to me. I, I'm really excited because, uh, like I said, this, this bill is very meaningful to me personally.
1: With a lot of members who come here from local government, which is is a fairly common path for people to take, they bring a specialty from their city council or their county council, and they find themselves focusing a lot on that. Transportation is key to your part of the world. Transportation, congestion, and looking for ways to free that congestion up. How's that translated to your time here in the legislature?
0: Well, having been involved in lobbying the legislature last year for funding of the 405 fix between 522 and 527, that really piqued my interest and I, I saw the relationship between city and state government. We were pretty successful. We, we managed to convince the legislature to, to pass um, the bonding of the tolls so that um, my area of Bothell could have real bus rapid transit by having express toll lanes and direct access ramps.
1: Congratulations on that!
0: Thanks. The other, um, the other, I guess, nexus between my city work and state work is I have a lot of concern about affordable housing, and particularly in my district, there are quite a few manufactured home parks. So I had I prime sponsored a bill this session called the Opportunity to Purchase because some of those um, are being sold, and it's a misnomer to call them mobile homes because they're not really mobile. And so when the land is sold out from under them, um, these people who live there, largely seniors and veterans and low-income families, are really left with nowhere to go. And so this uh, bill was an, uh, an attempt to preserve existing affordable housing because it's much cheaper to preserve than build new.
1: How would that bill help these people?
0: Well, the bill would require uh, any mobile home park owner to notice if they list their property for sale. So within 14 days, they need to notify the residents. There are additional requirements in terms of allowing a nonprofit or some other entity to come in and and offer a bid um, and give them time to negotiate that bid. So it gives them a little head start in terms of trying to negotiate to keep that park a mobile home park.
1: So this is one of many ways that the legislature can take aim at the homelessness crisis, I suppose. Absolutely. Because if I'm in one of those and the land underneath me gets sold and I can't move my home, I don't have a home.
0: Yeah, I would say the residents of mobile home parks in large part are, our manufactured home parks are a vulnerable population for sure. Unfortunately, it didn't make it across the finish line.
1: But there's always next year. Rarely do bills get introduced down here and make it the first year or even sometimes the first two years.
0: So I've been told <laughs> not to be discouraged.
1: I guess the idea is that eventually it turns out a better product.
0: I think that's right. I've heard I've heard it been said that the process is meant to be slow for more deliberation.
1: Okay, that's two bills. One made it, and, and one didn't. So far, that's you're batting 500. That's not bad. What else have you got?
0: Well, I, I had a bill that required OSPI to collect data on EpiPen usage in schools. My son has a nut allergy, and so this is very personal to me. I wanted to do something around requiring a common stock or some methodology to make it easier for families who can't afford EpiPens, to have that provided at school, and we didn't have the data. We don't actually collect the data on how many EpiPens are used per year, per thousand student, or otherwise. I only know that in my school district, they collect around 830 for my school district. I don't know how many are used, but I would guess over 800 are returned to the parents at the end of the school year and then disposed of. And I think that's a terrible waste. And I would also contend that there are students or parents of students with allergies who do not report those allergies because they cannot afford the EpiPens. This bill kind of turned into uh, a budget proviso that asks OSPI to start collecting the data, so then we can, from there, look at what we might do in the future.
1: And for people that don't know what a budget proviso is, it's, it's basically a way to accomplish your goals in terms of investment without actually having to pass the bill itself. So it keeps one more law from being on the books, but it accomplishes your goal. Correct.
0: And then I would say my other big accomplishment this session was introducing a bill to add climate change as the 15th planning goal in the Growth Management Act. There are currently 14, so being number 15 is really exciting. And it did pass through the House. Um, Unfortunately, it died in the Senate, but it's never been done before. So I feel pretty good about its chances of moving forward next year.
1: I've torn you away from the floor for a few minutes here to do this. The debate is about to resume downstairs and and you're going to need to be voting. But before I let you go, is there anything that you would like to get in here that we haven't talked about?
0: One of my concerns is obviously my constituents and the coronavirus. I'm really concerned, obviously, its epicenter is quite close to home. We have added $100 million to the budget to deal with the coronavirus and allowing agencies to purchase what they need to purchase and um, react as needed to protect the public. I feel that the legislature is trying to be proactive in tackling this dilemma. And so I would just ask people to be careful, cautious, and take care of themselves and wash their hands. But please don't panic. We'll be okay.
1: Davina, I know you need to get back to the thing that you're sworn to do, which is legislate Representative Davina Dewar of District 1. I appreciate you being here for your first, but probably not last, Capital Ideas podcast. Thank
0: you so much. I've really enjoyed it.
1: Well, you just got a pretty good look at the life of a first-year lawmaker thrown into the process in midstream. As you can see, she swims well. If you found today's show to be informative, helpful, interesting, or just entertaining, you can subscribe to Capital Ideas at radiocuts.leg.wa.gov slash ideas. That's a capital with an O. This is your state government. What happens here matters every day. The more you know about how it works and what your representatives are about, the better you can make your government work for you. I'm Dan Frizell for the Washington State House Democrats, putting people first since 1889. Thanks for listening.